number seven for us here on Average Joe's podcast. Uh, I'm one of your co-hosts. I'm Jack. If you're new to this show, maybe you're just hopping on to the Bengals bandwagon. And I got my other co-host, Alec, uh, on this splendid Wednesday evening. We got a little sunbelt action tonight. A little sunbelt tonight, a little real start of the NBA tonight. And then we also, we got NLCS and ALCS tonight. So it's a good night. It's a good night for sports. Okay, so I heard you mention a bunch of real sports, and then uh, what's this NBA that you're talking about? <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, NBA is eventually important, so tonight's just the kickoff of that, I guess. So if, if, if The operative word in that phrase is eventually. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Luckily, we've got a great game on tap for the Bengals on Sunday. Um, a real opportunity for – the Bengals to kind of validate all of the momentum and and, um, just just in general positive vibes that they've built up this first month and a half season, a month and a half of the season, a great chance for them on Sunday to go out and and have some proof of concept. Yeah, no, and we've been saying this for the last three weeks now. It's a, it's a test. This is a test this week. Um, and you know, Zach Taylor, I listened to one of his press conferences. He was kind of getting sick and tired of the reporters asking, is this, you know, um, a a test this week or is it, you know, something to compare to years prior. But I, I think every week that this Bengals team gets better and every week they keep winning it, it's a test because we want to see if they can, if they can sustain it. Um, so I'm really excited for this Sunday. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid yet. I will be by Sunday, but um, it's going to be a good game. I am drinking, full-on drinking the Kool-Aid, and we can get to why I'm drinking the Kool-Aid in a second because I'm looking at a page of stats that is telling me to drink the Kool-Aid. So we'll get yeah. to that in a second, though. Hopefully, but, hopefully you can uh, persuade me over the next 35 minutes. Yeah, I mean, you know, people that are not uh, familiar with us outside of our podcast um, probably think that genuinely or ge- uh, generally you're the optimistic one. Yeah. And I am the more pessimistic, realistic one. Uh, that really? cannot be further from the truth. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, we, I think we've mentioned it on here before. I was the one that thought the Bengals were going to make the playoffs last year. So yeah, 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 yeah. That, 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 that was stupid. That, that's the only word to describe that, but well, you know, I live and die with this team, and, and recently I've died more than I've lived, but I wouldn't have it any other way because it makes me – makes um, there's a lyric to a song, it makes my blood boil, and 
it's good to have that uh, going up and down. Um, but specifically relating to this Sunday and just some general news and notes before we head into Sunday, um, I was surprised to hear this this morning that Akeem Adeniji has been activated from the IR and now has entered this 21-day window where the Bengals can activate him to the roster at any point. I was I was shocked. You know, you're normally a torn peck, you're out for the season. I, were you as equally surprised as I was? And yeah. what does Adeniji potentially being added mean for the offensive line and the offense going forward? Yeah, so he played, you know, he played decent last year when he got in. And I was really surprised because you're right, torn peck usually means, I mean, out for the whole season. And also, um, when, when, when Zach Taylor was asked about him in the preseason, like when they were making roster cuts, he didn't seem like he was going to be back this soon. And it is nice because he's, he adds that, you know, that swing tackle presence that, you know, kind of Isaiah Prince, I, I'd rather, I don't know, I, you know, it, are they going to carry him on the active roster? Or are they going to have him on the practice squad? I'm not really sure yet, but I think he just adds depth to a tackle position that is, as we know, they're playing well, but very, very thin on our Bengals. Yeah, so I think that's the probably the most important part to note is that, and we especially saw it on Sunday, when the Bengals had to turn to Trey Hill at right guard, uh, you ideally want to avoid such a situation later on in the season when injuries, you know, let's face it, the Bengals have been very, very lucky so far injury-wise. So later on in the season when, when these injuries start to pile up, um, it's going, and we see that with the Browns right now. I mean, we, we can talk about that in a second because it's, it's very, I mean, half, the, half, half of their roster was on injury report, 37 players, 30, 37% of their opening day roster was on the injury report, uh, for their game on Thursday night. And, and I want to talk about that in the larger context of the division in a second, but, um, you know, Akeem Adeniji coming back is huge for depth, um, I, I was in and out of Zach Taylor's press conference today. Did you watch today? Is Trey Flowers playing on Sunday? Do we know? Um, no, I, 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 I do not know, personally. Okay. Well, we're going to wait and see on that. If I had to guess, I would say – if I had to guess, I would say no. Well, but maybe he will. I mean, Sammy Watkins is out, so it's really Rashad Bateman and um, what's Hollywood that you got to worry about. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, But – Anyway, before we get into Baltimore Ravens, and I guess this kind of parlays into the Ravens discussion, but we're a third of the way through the season, and I, I want to take a second to kind of just assess what we've seen so far, and that, that's why I have my handy-dandy stats page up right now. So specifically looking at DVOA, which is kind of what the smart people, smarter people than us, look at to say, okay, these are the good teams and these are the bad teams. Specifically looking at that, the Bengals are currently 13th in the NFL in DVOA, um, ahead of teams like uh, the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Raiders. They're ahead of those teams in DVOA. In fact, it looks like they are – wow, they're, they're very close to the, the – yeah, okay. So um, for DVOA, the Bengals are rated 13th in weighted DVOA, which takes into account scheduling. Uh, then they are 19th in offensive DVOA, and that's gone up. They were 26 two or three weeks ago. Fifth in defensive DVOA and 10th in special teams. Now, 
granted, we see here on this page that their schedule has been kind of easy so far, but looking into these advanced analytics, it looks like there's a lot of ability for the Bengals to sustain what success they're having right now. Now, my question to you when just bringing up those stats is, can we expect, you know, the Ravens have owned the Bengals for three years now. Can we expect the Bengals defense to limit Lamar on Sunday? Can we expect, are we right to expect that? I think that limiting Lamar is going to be really hard just because of the way that, you know, he can make plays happen off script. I think it's going to be really hard for them to contain him because really our only pass rusher is Trey Hendrickson. So, you know, if you only have one good pass rusher, it's kind of hard to get after Lamar. But at the same time, that, that, that Ravens team we saw last, last year, week 17, you know, their running backs were a lot better than they are right now. Latavius Murray is not what he once was. Um, Le'Veon Bell is not what he once was. Devontae Freeman is not what he once was. So that's really what the Bengals um, can kind of key on. Because I think that it's going to be hard to stop Lamar, but it is possible that uh, to, you know, stop those running backs, kind of, kind of limit it their rushing attack from the running back standpoint. Yeah, I, I think this these this game against the Ravens and then later on this season, I think these are the two games that you signed Mike Hilton for. Um, because we saw last year, remember that game in Baltimore last year? The Ravens really weren't able to do a whole lot um, against the Bengals in that game. Now, obviously, we were at the game week 17 when it just was unreal what they did to the Bengals. Um but, and you saw in that Baltimore game last year where they held Lamar pretty well, and it was really just the offense that couldn't do anything that, that really just ended up being the detriment. A lot of corner blitzes from Darius Phillips in that game to sort of hem Lamar in. And I think this year with the better linebacker play that we're seeing and the healthier uh, guys they have on the back end, I think that a lot of people are going to be really surprised on Sunday to see the progress one that they've made, but also just in general, like how good they actually are, because this, this is the apex of, of performances. This is the first offense they've played that is multidimensional and can beat them in any which way. And so Sunday is without a doubt, a huge test for the defense. Yeah. Yeah. It's an absolutely huge test and, and not to look forward because it's never easy to look, it's never good to look forward. Um, they have the Jets next week. So it's not like they're, they're, they're peaking next week to, to another opponent. I think that this week they need to be really, really focused on stopping that rushing attack. And we've seen, you know, the Colts two weeks ago, they held the Ravens to, what was it? Six points. Was it six points? And um, yeah, in like three and a half quarters or three quarters. So it, it is possible. Um, you just have to have the right game plan and you have to make some plays against Lamar. Yeah. I think that is the crux of what this game is going to be about this weekend, because we can sit here all day and talk about how this is Joe Burrow against Wink Martindale in sort of a brain matchup. But at the end of the day, this game is going to come down to can the Bengals get three stops against Lamar? Can the Bengals turn him over once or twice? I mean, Lamar has turned the ball over this year. He's got five picks, five inter or he's got five picks and five fumbles. So it's not something that is uh, impossible by any means. And their offensive line is also not good. Um, no, no. Well, Ronnie, Ronnie Stanley just 
Yep. Ronnie Stanley's out for the season. Uh, they traded Orlando Brown. You know, so they, they have some holes on that line. And also, let's not let's not act like the Ravens' weapons are anything special. Marquise Brown's good. Marquise Brown's been playing really well. But they only have two real receivers. And technically, one of them's out because Sammy Watkins is out. Rashad Bateman's kind of – I, I think you're forgetting the one guy that they have that I know I it's Mark Andrews. No, yeah, it's Mark, it's Mark Andrews. He's I, I'm talking about wide receivers, but yeah, Mark Andrews is easily the the deadliest person on this offense. Yes, well, outside of Lamar, well, um, outside obviously outside of Lamar. But this is such a comprehensive challenge for the Bengals because it tests their back end. You know, how long can we cover guys? And then it's going to. I think we see. Trey Hendrickson, there's going to be a lot, there's going to have to be a ton of rotation on that D line to get fresh guys in the game. And this is a game where it's really going to hurt not having Joseph Osai. Um, hurt a lot. Yeah. So, you know, that I, I think that is the key to this game. Um, and I, I, I didn't mean to go in this in depth already with the Ravens, but in the context of the AFC, because the Bills lost on Monday night, if the Bengals win on Sunday, and I know it is the end of week seven and not even November, the Bengals win on Sunday, regardless of what else transpires in the AFC Sunday and Monday, the Bengals are going to be in first place in the AFC. Dude, that's – if you would have told me that in the preseason, I would have said you are – you had some freaking Sour Patch Kids or something because that is crazy. That is that is just absolutely crazy to think about. Yes, it is. It is. Um, but you know, this is what all along we have said, and this is where I want to transition into all of my nice Joe Burrow stats that I have so neatly presented in front of me over here. And, and I sent this, and I said, I think I said this on the podcast the other day, but that was before the Monday night game was played. So let's let's look at these things. He is currently. First in the AFC in passer rating. How about that? Um, where, where are the rest of my stats? I just got to keep going down here. He is first in the AFC in yards per attempt. How about that? He is uh, third in the AFC in yards per completion. He is first, he's second in the AFC in adjusted yards per attempt. He's second in the AFC in net yards per attempt. He's second in the AFC in pass completion percentage. Um, he is second in the league in the percentage of his throws that result in touchdowns. Uh, we could go on and on and on and on and on and probably on. Point of the matter is we are watching the, and we talked about this after the Jacksonville game, we're watching the, the straight up and down growth of Joe Burrow. Yeah, no, we are, we're watching something special in front of our eyes. And I said, you know, in one of my other chats today, and I truly believe this, if, you know, if, uh, if Joe Burrow keeps this up throughout the whole year, it's kind of hard to tell, tell people he's not a top 12 quarterback in the NFL. He's already a top 12 quarterback. Okay. Okay. I, I, I think I think that he is, but I think it, the national media will finally realize, if that makes sense. I've got him at number 12. So I'll, I'll just go through my QB rankings that I have on my notes app here. <laughs> Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, 
Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Justin Herbert, Matt Stafford. And this is the only guy I think you can argue is ahead of Joe Burrow that's in this tier. And so the tier of guys that I'm talking about is Derek Carr, Ryan Tannehill, Kirk Cousins, and Joe Burrow. And I think Kirk Cousins is the only one right now that you can say is better than Joe Burrow. But So I have Joe Burrow right behind Kirk Cousins at number 12. But you are exactly right. With, with the way he's trending right now, he is vaulting himself into that conversation. Oh, he absolutely is. And I think it's, it's also kind of important to say that not only is he vaulting himself forward, we're watching Joe Mixon ascend to, you know, back to when he led the AFC in rushing with one of, obviously, one of the worst O-lines in the NFL that year he led the AFC in rushing yards. But, um, you know, he's ascending too. And also, also uh, a lot of my friends who are not, you know, big Bengals fans, because I feel like a lot of our friends aren't Bengals fans anyway, but Jamar Chase is this year's arguably a top 10 receiver too. I, it, it, it's kind of nice to see the Bengals, you know, take steps and leaps. Because, I mean, let's be honest. I didn't think Joe Burrow was going to take the step. I didn't know if Joe Mixon was going to say healthy. And it's kind of nice to see Jamar Chase taking that step as well, as, especially with the drops. We didn't really know what we were going to get. So it's nice to see that. Right, right. I would say that any incompetency that, that the fans cite from play calling, um, it is almost eliminated by the IQ, the skill set of Burrow and these weapons and this offensive line that all of a sudden is very – average oh yes very average very yes um so and then diving back into dvoa and then i i guess talking a little bit more about what we expect to see on sunday ravens are 14th in defense dvoa and that's boosted a lot by what they did sunday against the chargers and um i think that it is a very flawed way of thinking to say that because the chargers got killed that the bengals really don't stand a chance because if you watched any second of that Chargers uh, Ravens game, it looked like the Chargers didn't watch a second of film on the Ravens. It was bad. It it, it was really really bad. J- Justin Herbert looked very very bad in that game. Like not, and, not good. And you know what? I, I think this is an important point to bring up in the context of this discussion. Justin Herbert gets to play three teams twice a year in the Raiders, Chiefs, and Broncos that last year and so far this year don't do a whole lot on defense that mixes things up or or tries to trick you or disguises anything. It's kind of just like with the Chiefs. The Chiefs were like, we're just going to play cover two and um, we're going to see if that works so we can limit you to 30 and then let our offense win the game. The Broncos are a little more exotic, but then again, it's kind of just like they line up and run their stuff, and and they're not going to do anything. Now, versus Joe Burrow in the AFC North, lesser extent the Browns so far because they're banged up and because Joe Woods doesn't look like he's exactly grasping the uh, proficiencies of defensive coordinating. But Pittsburgh is probably the, and has been our entire life, the hardest defense to game plan for in the NFL – just because you never know where the pressure is coming from, any of that. And Baltimore is is very similar in that aspect. Um, and we talked about this uh, earlier this week. 
one of the things that is so um, great about Joe Burrow is his football IQ and this ability to recall things. Um, like we talked about after the Jacksonville game, that jailbreak screen that he audibled to. And last year against Cleveland, the second time playing Cleveland, he audibles into a four yard out to Tyler Boyd because he sees the coverage that he saw in week two. And this was three months after that happened. So mm. long story short, I think Joe Burrow is just going to be able to see things in a different way than XYZ quarterback that the Ravens have done well against so far this year. Yeah, no, I, I agree 100% with you. I think this is a really big game to see if Joe Burrow has taken that, you know, the a next mental step in, in diagnosing a defense. Because even though the Ravens aren't as talented on defense as they have been in the past, you know that their schemes are going are, are gonna to fit well for what the Bengals are wanting to do. Yeah. Um, it is going to be – because Pittsburgh had so many guys banged up in that game – this is going to be Zach Taylor's um, crown jewel, if you will. Yeah. If, if he can game plan the Bengals into good situations in this game. Because you got to think, Marlon Humphrey is probably going to be stuck on Jamar Chase like glue the entire day. Um, he's going to know what type of gum he chews yeah. by 4.30 on Sunday. So I think this is – and I think we said this on Tuesday – this is a big week for Tyler Boyd to show what he showed last year. And that's that he is Joe's intermediate guy. Yeah. What, I mean, and the Ravens play a lot of man-to-man -man coverage. So that's why Tyler Boyd's going to be big this week because he'll have one of those lower, um, he'll have one of those lower corners on him. So it's going to be really, really important. And I'm not saying the Ravens corners, any of them are bad because by no means would you play man-to-man -man coverage across the board with the bad corner back room. But I think that I would take our weapons um, against their man coverage. I think the only problem we're going to have is with the blitzes, um, if, if I'm being honest, and, and being able to run the ball. This is going to be a week where not having Giovanni Bernard, I think, is going to play a really big role. Yeah. Um, you know, Chris Evans, okay, that's great. He had that one block last week on the deep pass to Jamar Chase. We need to see more of that before I have any sort of faith in letting him pick up Patrick Queen coming right up the A-gap on a yeah. blitz. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I don't trust. I don't trust any of the Bengals running backs right now to make that. But, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's going to be important to see, you know, as we said, test game, um, to see them take that next step this week if they can because we've been disappointed that like this in the past we thought the Bengals were you know back I know circumstances were a little different but then you know they just get blown out and I and I really don't foresee a blowout in this game I think it's gonna be close I I the Bengals have played close games all season so by no means I, I'm, I'm with you I don't see this being a blowout either um I will say that I think this is um I think this is the most important game from a standpoint of from a standpoint of the offense, the offense has to do its part early in the game this week. Because if you get behind seven nothing against the Ravens, even that's a tricky spot. Just based on the guys they have at edge rusher, whether it's Oway, Justin Houston, Calais Campbell, list goes on. 
or what they can do on offense when all they have to do is line up and run it at you. This is going to be a very, very, very vital week. Like we saw last week in Detroit, hopefully they build on it, get a good early start. Yeah. No, I, I think that the early start's really, really important because if the Ravens have to throw, it's Mark Andrews and a deep shot to Hollywood Brown, and that's all they got. So if you get ahead of the Ravens, they're not built, and I know they came back against the Colts. I get that. The Colts kind of sputtered out, but it, I'd much rather be in a position where they're coming from behind than us trying to come back when they have Lamar and they have three serviceable running backs, and they're just going to try to run it down your throat. Yes, yes. Um, it's a scary matchup, no doubt, because for all of the success that the Steelers have had in the last 15 to 20 years, and for all of the recent um, success that the Browns have realized uh, in the last year, I guess, is, is what we're defining as recent success. The Ravens have been the most consistent team in the division under John Harbaugh. Yes. Oh, absolutely. That, 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 yes, the Ravens have been the most consistent team. And that's why I'm nervous because you think you have the Ravens down. I mean, they should not have five wins right now. Um, but they fight and they, and, and they scratch and, and they, they, they always find a way to win games. It's kind of like the Steelers. The Steelers should not be three and three right now. They are not a good football team. The Steelers are getting lucky from a scheduling standpoint. We got to point that out. They've gotten to play the Broncos at I, home. I agree with that. I agree with that, that statement. You could say the exact same thing about the Bengals. Uh, I mean, the Bengals have at least had to play Minnesota, Green Bay. I know they lost. Uh, and, I, and agree I, though, I agree, though. I think that I, it, 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 from an eye test perspective, you watch Pittsburgh, you watch Cincy, they're, they're different. I understand. I understand what you're saying. My point is, like, if Russell Wilson's in that game on Sunday night, the Seahawks win by two touchdowns. Easily. 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 So um, put that in your pipe and smoke it, I guess, is what I had to say to people that think the Steelers are on some kind of resurgence. Now, I will say, I kind of want to get into a discussion since this is the Bengals. So, so the way the schedule is shaken out also, very important point. The way the schedule is shaken out for the Bengals is awesome for them because they, they are getting their division games right now in the meat of the schedule when we just saw the Browns the other day. Kareem Hunt's out for the Bengals game. Owusu uh, Koromo is out for the Bengals game. Yep. And with how banged up they are, and then they got to go to Pittsburgh next week after this Thursday night game. Yeah. Things could start to spiral for them, both from a health standpoint and from on the field product standpoint. I think it's pretty obvious that these are the two best teams in the division. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, now, to be fair, right now, yes. But if the Browns are at full strength, I still, I think, I still think the Browns are better than the Bengals at full strength. I, I agree with you. And I had that same reaction when uh, I was – discussing with my Browns friends last night. I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. But as the teams are currently constructed. Absolutely. And it, and, and it all comes down to availability. The Bengals have been, as we've said, and I'm going to say lucky, very lucky so far uh, because injuries are not, injuries are, you know, kind of based on luck to a degree. I think, you know, people can tr do treatment, all that stuff. But when it, when, when it comes down to it, it's kind of lucky. And the Bengals have been lucky. The Browns have been unlucky. But – um, 
even if the Browns are full strength, I'm I'm comfortable with saying the Bengals are hanging with the Browns. The Bengals hung with the Browns last year. Oh, without a doubt. People forget, people are too easy to forget that last year the Bengals had the Browns dead to rights uh, in that game in Cincinnati. Baker had a fantastic game-winning drive, fantastic game-winning drive. I'm not saying I'm not saying anything about that. I think he, uh, they're still a good football team, but. He had a great game-winning drive. Let's remember who got beat on that throw to Donovan Peoples-Jones. That's all I'll say. Um, and they had several other teams beat and dead to rights last year. Um, and people are too easy to forget that. Now, that being said, by no means am I putting the Bengals up with Bills. Um, I guess the Bills are really the only team in the AFC right now that inspires any confidence. Um, I would argue Titans. I know we beat them last year, but the Titans are still really good. The Titans have this chronic issue where they can beat anybody but also lose to anybody. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So they, I think they play to their competition. I would love for the Bengals to be in the AFC South. Um, I feel like that would do wonders for not only Joe Burrow's career, but also. Yeah, I, you know, I agree with that, but I also think that it helps him. It makes him better by playing these good defenses. Would the Bengals, I want a, a hypothetical exercise, and then we'll get back into Ravens and give some predictions and get out of here because <clears throat> got to get back to succession and a bunch of stuff. But would the Bengals go 6-0 and in the AFC South this year? If you – okay, so let's say that if you took out the Colts because they're further north than the Bengals and put the Colts in the AFC North and the Bengals in the AFC South, yeah, would the Bengals – would they win the AFC South, one? Two, would they go 6-0? and so I think they'd go 4-0 between the Jags and Texans. And I think they'd most likely, in my opinion, I think they'd split one with, with the Colts. So I think 5-1. and one. But I think right. they would win. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize. Um, yes. Yes. Wait, hold on. Who would you take out, though? Colts. Oh, you take the Colts out. Yay. Oh, yeah. They would split one with the Titans. I apologize. Yeah. 5-1. and one. And, and that just goes to show, I mean, AFC North football, it – I know it's sort of like a sarcastic punchline sometimes, but it's become a sarcastic punchline because this is the toughest division in the NFL. Yeah, no, I, in the AFC we North, play, we, we play in the cold. That's, that's number one. We play in the cold yeah. all year. Number two, unlike the NFC North, we don't play in those domes yeah. that uh, keep out the weather. And number three, you have, and it's, it's sort of like me and you, me telling you like, oh yeah, we together, we have one G-Walk player of the year and all that yeah. stuff. There have been uh, four Lombardi trophies in the AFC North since 2000. Yeah. Now only two teams hold the titles to those, but. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 I don't know. It, I think the AFC will always be good or AFC North will always be good um, just because of the franchises that are in there. And most, and really the Bengals and Browns, not them. I'm talking about the Ravens and the Steelers will always be, I think, at least competitive. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of, kind of the curse of, of being in there, but you know, it is what it is. So. Yeah. So back to Sunday's game. Uh, I think it is that time for us to maybe talk about what we think is going to happen on Sunday. 
Um, all in all, um, looks like the Bengals are really healthy going into the game. Um, it doesn't look like there's going to be anybody that's out that is a surprise. Uh, so that's good news. The Ravens have a couple of guys that might not play. Patrick Queen, maybe, although he was limited today, which is Wednesday. So I think we might end up seeing him. But nonetheless, they are incredibly banged up. Yeah. Um, and so the Bengals go to Baltimore on Sunday, and they're a six-and-a-half-point underdog Yeah. with an over-under 47. What is going to happen on Sunday? You know, I, I've taken the Bengals every week. I don't know what's going to happen on Sunday because we're either going to see a really good game or we're going to see the Bengals get blown out. And I really, really, really don't know which one we're going to see. But if I had to choose, I'm not going to say the Bengals are going to win. But I think the Bengals cover. And I think the under hits. I like the under pick. I'm taking the Bengals. And to win. I'm going to take the Bengals. And I'm going to take them 21 to 20 on an Evan McPherson field goal at the gun. I think, so the last time, the last time, or one of my most memorable, not the last time, because this was like 2008, one of my favorite Bengals memories was Shane Graham Graham kicking seven field goals in a 21-7 to Bengals win in 2007. Shane Graham was seven of seven on field goals that day. And can you imagine? Can you? Uh, that is, that's actually insane. That's actually crazy. He had field goals from 34, 19, 22, 35, 21, and 33. So that's some, that is some really bad red zone conversion percentages. So actually scratch that. I'm going to say the Bengals win 23 to 21. Um, and I think Evan McPherson at the gun to win it because there is some sort of football gods irony that the Bengals kicker makes a big kick against the greatest kicker in NFL history. And I think what we're going to see on Sunday is the Bengals are going to have a game plan for Lamar Jackson. And I think that for the most part, it's going to work. Yeah. Because they've they've been great against the run. I think the problem, the problem is going to come down to, limiting Marquise Brown deep shots and lit and it's really it, it, this is almost impossible with the personnel the Bengals have I get Von Bell's been playing really well but limiting Mark Andrews that that's really it's really going to come down to that I, I agree with you because here's my thing I think that you can stick Chidobe Awuja on Marquise Brown and just say you know he'll get five catches for 60 some odd yards but we feel comfortable he's contained when yeah. Chidobe is on him. Uh, absolutely. Now, I think that we see these three safety sets a lot on Sunday. Ricardo Allen and Von Bell. And I think you see Ricardo Allen shift up to the strong position. And I think yeah. we drop Von Bell into the box a lot more on Sunday. And I think and there's going to be a lot of seven-man boxes mm-hmm. uh, for, for the Bengals on Sunday. And, and I think that that is the way to attack what the Ravens present is a lot of seven man boxes with two safeties, two corners, and just pray to God that you can contain Lamar 
at least somewhat. Yeah, um, and, and we're, also, we're also talking about a team that almost lost the Lions. So it's not like they're world beaters right now by any means. Yeah, the NFL is a week-to-week league, so I, I, I hesitate to sort of make those comparisons, but you're right. They haven't been overtly impressive. Well, it's not like – it's not yeah. Hey, the Chargers this past weekend. It hasn't been as dominant. Remember, like Lamar's first season, um, when he was playing like really well, and they were just steamrolling teams. It's not like that. No, it's not. But I, I think that there is, you know, I, as much as I think he's a crybaby, and um, he really, I just can't find any reason why anybody likes him. John Harbaugh is a really good coach. Absolutely. Um, so he's going to have his guys ready. This isn't, I don't know, give me a coach. Urban Meyer, who you worry about his team maybe coming out flat. You know that this is going to be physical, tough, AFC North football. And, you know, I, if I were the Bengals, I wouldn't have it any other way because this is the exact way that you earn respect in this league. Yes. Going on the road and beating a team like this. And if they, okay, so I looked at the Ravens schedule. If the Bengals win on Sunday, if I think they're going to win, but, you know, I'm stupid. So Ravens still have an incredibly tough schedule ahead of them. They still have to play the Packers. They still have to play uh, the. I think they got to play the Rams. Yes, they got to play the Rams still. They got a. They still got a bunch of teams to play, and they still got five divisional games left after Sunday. And their schedule is very backloaded with division games. I think they play four division games the last five weeks of the season. So, this is a big swing game for the Bengals, and this is a Joe Burrow puts it on the display game i think that yeah this is time to shine i think that this is this is a game where we're gonna walk out win or lose on sunday and i think this is a game where we walk out or we lean back in our couches after the game's over and we say these ain't your father's bengals because there's some sort of chippy fire swag that this team has right now and i am biting in on the mojo and i'm I'm loving my plus 7,000 Super Bowl future for hedging opportunities, not for to win. Yeah, I, um, I'm not going to lie to you. I, it'd be kind of counterintuitive for me to, you know, not take the, uh, not take the Bengals as a win. So I'm changing my, I'm changing it. I'm, they're not just going to cover. I'm sorry. Come on. I, I can't, I, I can't do it because I, I need podcast is to have some dissension. So if I got to be the one that flips back and picks the Ravens, I'll do it. No, no, no. I, this week's different though. And you know that it's a division game. You can't pick a division rival in a prediction. You can't, you can't do it. You'll be shocked then what I do in a couple of weeks for the Browns game. Well, you're. (laughs) It. If, if Case Keenum's still the starter, brother, I, I don't know what to tell you for that one. Yeah. Um, Browns might be in trouble to, to, tomorrow night uh, at home against the Broncos. But so that's a prediction. Alex switched his prediction because he's a follower. 
Um, yeah. and not a, there are no, no, I'm not a leader. I'm not a leader. I'm a follower. All right. Um, let's get into a quick trivia question. Um, and then let the people on their way, let me on my way because Coastal is on and Succession, yada, yada, yada. I can bore you with the details. Trivia question. And this is a very um, topical and recent question. How many rushing yards did the Bengals give up to the Baltimore Ravens in week 17 last year? 402. 404. Ding, ding, ding. Correct answer. 404 rushing yards. Yeah, weren't they three or four yards off the all-time National Football League, which is a 100 years old record? How, what, what do you think their yards per carry was? Uh, seven something. 7.5. They had 121 net yards passing. See, that's just a... <laughs> the sad part is they still they still had over 100 yards passing like <laughs> they they held the ball for 40 minutes and 30 seconds that's crazy dude that is absolutely crazy <sighs> hey um this is insane looking at this reds update um they're not in the playoffs but uh some good playoff baseball happening tonight as well. Yes. Go Braves. Um, let's hope that the Dodgers don't make the World Series because nobody wants to see that. And then nobody wants to any of the AL teams left to win. So, Well, you know, got to be happy for Kyle Schwarber if he gets it done for the Red Sox. But that's an episode. I am going to watch the new episode of Succession. So. Yes. And then we're going to watch Coastal Carolina. Yep. And going to – Flip on the Dodgers later and maybe watch some hockey later. Big sports night uh, here in week seven. It's the Bengals and the Ravens on Sunday at one. And this is a big one. Uh, this is a big one. Uh, this is where tepid enthusiasm turns into full-blown Kool-Aid chugging playoff bound Bengals. Yes. So Sunday, one o'clock, Bengals, Ravens. Zach Taylor, Joe Burrow, John Harbaugh, Lamar Jackson. Good day.